Hello and welcome to Living with Hospice. I'm your host, Mitch Ware. Help yourself to a nice cup of coffee, pull up a chair. You may have to move that boss cat Charlie out of that chair, but that's okay. Let's chat about what hospice really is and what hospice isn't. So, you may be wondering, what exactly is hospice? It's a common question. A lot of people are confused. There's tons of rumors out there about what hospice is. And most of them aren't true. So what is hospice? How does it differ from going to my doctor now? Or you may be wondering, is hospice right for us? Is it right for us right now in our current situation? And if so, when exactly should we call them in? And how do we call them in? All of those are very common and very legitimate questions. (laughs) There are several episodes worth of material right there in those few sentences in answering those questions, and I promise we'll get to all of those issues in coming weeks. But let's go back and start in the beginning. What exactly is hospice care? In a nutshell, hospice is a philosophy whose origins date back to a Mrs. Janine Garnet in France. And it quickly spread to Sweden. Later, the Irish Sisters of Charity adopted it when they opened Our Lady's Hospice in Dublin, Ireland in 1879. And then again, when they opened St. Joseph's Hospice in Hackney, London, England in 1905. Hospice did not become more widely known until Dame Cicely Sanders founded St. Christopher's House in London in early 1967. The hospice form of care has been a center of innovation and insight ever since. Now, Dame Cicely was an interesting person. She'd been a nurse, but was, at the time, working as a medical social worker when she came upon a patient by the name of David Tasma. This was shortly after the war in 1948. David was suffering from an inoperable cancer, and together they discussed her hopes for one day opening up a place that was more of a home environment to care for the terminally ill, some place that would do a better job of focusing on pain management and comfort management and preparing the patient for death physically, mentally, and spiritually. Her methods and ideals have been adopted all around the world ever since, and and she's known pretty much as the modern founder of hospice. Inspired by Dame Saunders' ideas, students at Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut, invited her to come and speak. They were so inspired that they created and launched the United States Hospice Movement in 1974. In 1981, Nancy Hines in Fresno, California, began caring for terminally ill patients right out of her own home. This inpatient hospice home allowed patients a place to die with dignity in a home setting when their family or caregivers were not able to care for them in their own homes. In 1986, the United States Congress made permanent the Medicare hospice benefit, and the various states were allowed to decide whether they wanted to include hospice in their Medicaid programs. Hospice care is really a super-duper version of something called palliative care. And hospice care is something a patient receives when they're facing the end of life and curative medicine can no longer help. 
Hospice focuses on the quality of life and comfort of both the patient and their family. By now, you probably have heard the term palliative care used in other areas of medicine. It seems to pop up everywhere nowadays. Palliative care might be offered at your clinic. It might be offered at your medical practitioner, your regular doctor. It is the part of medicine that focuses on addressing the patient's quality of life issues like pain and anxiety. All the while, other parts of your medical team are focusing directly on your illness or your injury and finding a curative solution for it. For example, you could be in the hospital for a few days or weeks with something and and actually receive palliative care, which helps you with your quality of life, while the rest of your team is working on your illness or your injury, like surgeons and internists and oncologists or orthopedics or other specialists, and they're working directly on curing your illness or fixing your injury. Many large hospital organizations and, well, just bigger medical organizations in general have started developing a unique palliative care unit within their own institutions. And again, this is a team uniquely trained and they're tasked with working with you in in, in your situation to recognize and focus on your comfort needs and check this not just your physical, but mental and spiritual needs as well. They're not focused on curative medicine, as that is the job of the other part of your healthcare team. In these types of situations, you really have two teams working together, one that is working on addressing your illness and injuries, and one finding curative solutions, while the other, the palliative care team, works with you on your physical, mental, and spiritual comfort. How do they do all of that? Well, that's something that we'll cover in another episode as it's so awesome and and really extremely beneficial to patients and caregivers. There's just not really enough time to cover it here. But if you're hospitalized or under the care of a clinic or a physician, ask if they do have palliative care professionals that can work with you during your, your illness journey or your injury journey or whatever you're experiencing. Okay, that's the gist of palliative care. So what is hospice care again? Simply put, it's a form of palliative care for the patient and their family that understands that his or her illness is not responding to curative care or medical attempts to cure it or even to slow it down. Like palliative care, hospice provides comprehensive comfort care for the patient, but different from regular palliative care, it extends into the support for the family and the friends, the circle that come to be caregivers. Just to be clear, in hospice care, all attempts to cure the person's illness are stopped. And a very comprehensive palliative type care or comfort care is instituted. Another way to look at it is hospice care is a team approach that specializes in just end-of-life issues, utilizing a palliative care approach, all-in-one, highly trained, dedicated, compassionate, finely tuned, well-oiled, and experienced team. Now check this out. Hospice care focuses on the patient as well as caregivers. In a future episode, we're going to cover all of these mini-services and the equipment and things that hospice professionals provide. 
But for now, let's just leave it at hospice is a total quality care for end-of-life patients and their caregivers. Let me share a brief story with you. When our son Matt entered hospice care, the first thing that happened was a hospice doctor came to visit with us within a day or two at Matt's house. We discussed his situation, and I recall vividly that the doctor looking first at Matt and said, Here we are. You realize that your condition is not going to improve, correct? And then looking at us, his Matt's parents, he said, we can help with making this part of the journey much more comfortable. With us, you're not alone. Matt replied, I understand, and let's go forward with this. I can tell you I was so relieved to encounter a doctor that was really compassionate and honest and transparent and caring. He really seemed to be genuinely interested in our son and us, and he really listened when we asked questions and when we spoke. And I could tell he was reading our faces. He was watching our body language. He didn't seem to be in a hurry. He wasn't bored with other things on his mind. He wasn't looking at his watch or his notes. He was truly present with us. To me, that was refreshing, and it was amazing. He patiently answered all of our questions, helped us lay out a plan for dealing with Matt's care. That plan ran from like pain management to exercise to issues with mobility to his social life even. He shared with us that nurses and nurses' aides that would be paying us a visit the next day would be there to help us. And we could ask him all the questions that we had. He brought up our emotional well-being and shared with us that there's a social worker or therapist on staff, and they would also be calling on us. And he offered the services of a chaplain for spiritual guidance. Then the next day, a social worker and a nurse, an RN, came over. (laughs) They went through Matt's two-story house like a mom going through her only daughter's empty, stark, brand-new freshman dorm room. I mean, they were absolutely on a mission, and they made a list of really good recommendations for additional accessories and equipment and handy little tools that would help with Matt's ability to get around and improve his overall quality of life, as well as ours as caregivers. As they filled out an order for the equipment and the resources that we needed, they said, we will cover all of these expenses, by the way. There's no charge to you. They provided all of this at literally no expense to us. I can't tell you what a blessing that was. It was a huge relief for Matt. Matt didn't want to be a burden on his parents. He was a grown man. He was a college graduate. And even though he didn't have any money, and he knew that we would back him up, he still wanted to pay his own way. And I remember thinking, these people really will help Matt to reach his goal and to be able to stay in his own home and sleep in his own bed for as long as he can, and they don't even know us. Wow. I mean, just wow. (laughs) If I haven't mentioned before, my wife and I were Matt's main caregivers. Matt wanted to stay in his own home, and, and that meant help with showers and dressing, and in some cases, toileting, keeping track of meds. So I left my job to be there with him. And I would take him to all of his 
daily doctor visits and clinic visits and what we called chemo land, where he got treatments and things. This is before we went to hospice. And we would go gallivant to different places that he liked to frequent, like special breakfast places and special places with homemade ice cream. (laughs) Due to all of the radiation that he had endured on his brain, he had a stroke that November. That left him partially blind and with very limited movement in his right arm and his right hand. He could no longer stand on his own. In fact, a few weeks before he'd passed away, it was Easter weekend. And in our church, you go down front to get the Eucharist, and I told him that I would be there with him, and I held him up as he received the communion from the elders in our church. And I'll never forget that smile on his face. He was at peace and really taking it all in. Well, that smile touched me in places I've never been touched before. It brought us all a sense of peace and assurance that no matter what, everything would be okay. Did I mention that hospice has amazing people that are very intuitive and observant? (laughs) A week or so after signing on with hospice, our hospice nurse stopped over for her regular visit and made an interesting observation. And I'll never forget when she matter-of-factly said, Matt, you're exhausted. Mitch, you're exhausted too. And she was right. We were. We were tired. We were worn out. We were frazzled emotionally and physically. We were at war with a horrible cancer. We were emotionally just destroyed, physically spent. And we were putting on a good face for our son. Well, Matt was putting on a a good face for us, too, because he was just as wiped out as we were. Matt had always been very independent, and he he was always his own man, and he helped other people. Uh, You know, he was a firstborn, a true firstborn. This group of angels that we call nurses and nurses' aides suggested that we consider a respite visit to their inpatient facility on the south end of town. She went on to explain that a respite visit is basically a long weekend. It's five days where Matt would come to their facility, be pampered by their amazing staff, and we, meaning my wife and I, could just be, well, we could just be parents again. We could actually let down our guard and and get some much-needed quality rest and sleep at night, knowing that he was in great hands. After a very brief discussion, we all decided that was a very good idea, and we went for it. As fate would have it, a bed opened up later that week, so off we went for the weekend. And I mean to tell you, that nurse's description of our experience was spot on. We came to discover that this careful attention to details, the the compassionate care, all of it, is typical of a hospice staff. They know their business. They know what they're doing. Focus is on comfort, and they're experts at it, both physical and mental. This respite visit was just what we all needed. And if she hadn't suggested it, well, we wouldn't have ever known about it. We would have never known that that was a thing. So we were so thankful that they mentioned it to us and offered it to us. You know, you could say hospice care 
is care for your family. You really and truly feel like you're not alone. Even if you only have one primary caregiver, and other than that, you are alone. With the hospice team, you're not alone. 24-7. Most people in hospice care are in their own home, or in a home, or a facility. And the nurse or other staff members are a phone call away when needed. And of course, come on a regular basis, on a schedule. Volunteers like me drop by on a regular basis to give caregivers a break. And in my case, to entertain the troops through conversation or perhaps reading the patient's favorite book or passage aloud to them. And did I mention talking baseball? And I always bring my guitar and we sing the patient's favorite songs. And, and we're laughing and having fun. And we're just forgetting about the illness for an hour and leaving all the drama aside and just enjoying some quality time together. Friends, hospice is a blessing, and it's available for everyone who wants it. In our next episode, we're going to discuss issues like how do you know when's the correct time to call in hospice, and how do you apply for hospice care? In the meantime, if you have any questions about hospice-related issues, please send us an email at livingwithhospice at gmail.com. That's livingwithhospice, all one word, at gmail.com. We will read each and every question and answer as many as we can in upcoming episodes. Thank you again for sharing your time with us today. Until next time, I'm Mitch Ware for Living With Hospice. Have a blessed day.